This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Happy Friday. We're glad to have you back with us. And I'm still laughing because you and I had an awful lot of fun in two monstrous SUVs. <laughs> we did. Now playing on our main YouTube channel is the Cadillac Escalade V and Mercedes AMG G63. That was the truck that we thought, what should we compare the V to? It yeah, needs some exactly, grounding. Yeah. Uh-huh. It needs, and I know it's kind of the standalone thing in the marketplace, mm-hmm. but what compares to it? If you were to compare anything to a V... What would that be? And what's a big, the G63? Ridiculous, long-running, body-on-frame that they put a bit. You know what fits there? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Which we hadn't driven before, and it was crazy to get in one. We found one here locally in Salt Lake that we could put with the Escalade V. And then, as seems to always happen, we have two hyper-powerful, monstrous, very heavy SUVs. What about some snow? And no winter tires. <laughs> and no winter tires. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. That'll be a great day. It's what we do here. We had fun. Both of those vehicles are absurdly expensive. Mm-hmm. The Mercedes, I found newer ones, they're quite a bit north of 180. Like oh, yeah. The, the newer ones with oh, yeah, low yeah. miles. I even saw one being auctioned for $219,000. And I just think, at that no. point, no. No, no, no. There's, a, there's a lot of no happen. going on in this thing. But, but However, I did like it. It was you fun. You did. And we, ha- we had a good day with, the, with these two cars. It's, it's one of those fantastic pieces where it, it doesn't. It, there's no reality in it because they are so expensive. But we marvel that we're in these vehicles and they actually exist. So it's very fun. Yeah, agreed. Keep a close eye on Blipshift under our partner store there. Spa Dreamer is uh, still available. That is the one-track mine with the track logo. And still available, like I said, but go, not, not for long. But we will continue to bring you fresh merchandise and fresh artwork. And uh, like I said, keep your eye on, uh, on our partner store there. Yeah, we got cool shirts coming all year. Other announcements going on. Look at our Adventures page. You'll notice the Adventures page at EverydayDriver.com has completely changed from like a week ago. Yeah. It doesn't have any official dates, but the three major events we are doing in 2023 are on the Adventures page, and you can see the months that they're going to happen, and we are locking in the dates in the next few weeks. We're, we're locking in Pilgrimage first, since that's the biggest one of the group. That is the actual trip to the Nürburgring and Spa. As soon as that is locked in, we will lock in and announce the other ones, but they are coming. We're doing two driving trips domestically here in the U.S., both one related to Utah, one related to the Rocky Mountains. It's going to be very, very fun. And then, of course, we are doing the Monster Pilgrimage trip sometime in June. Dates are coming very soon, but I am already letting you know June, which means, I'm just thinking about this right now as we're talking. <laughs> Might as well get it out there, yeah. The registration is going to have to be February, which is coming up quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you guys have been saving your dollars it's going to, to go awesome. on this trip with us, and we hope to have another full trip this year. It was glorious to be able to travel again. It was really and great. just go see our friends at RSR, so yeah. come with us. And they're excited to see us again, too. It's a new year, and we want to talk to you guys about a lot of new products from our friends at Griot's Garage. I'm going to start with the 3-in-1 Wheel, Tire, and Mat Cleaner. Did you hear it? It cleans wheels, tires, and mats with one thing. It's a non-acidic formula that cuts brake dust, road grime on wheels, tires, and rubber floor mats. They have a cool picture of you using a brush to clean all of the above. That is awesome. Water spot remover. Guess what that does? That removes water spots on all exterior surfaces. Don't forget ceramic metal polish, which restores and brightens and protects common metal surfaces and leaves a finish like you've never seen before. And then there's the Citrus All-Purpose Cleaner, a concentrated, powerful, non-foaming cleaner for both exteriors and interiors. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed and all liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's Griot's, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. A couple of great car debates for you. First from Ronald H. in Atlanta, Georgia, asking if size matters. Depends entirely what we're talking about. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> Moving on. Yeah. Okay. We also have Henry W. in Spokane, Washington, asking for a college car debate and kind of his first car, his first college car, college yeah. car. What, yeah, what should cool. that be? So let's dive right into Ronald H.'s email here. He Ronald currently drives a 2014 Taurus and his wife, Andrea, drives a 2012 Infiniti FX35. Okay. They both love their cars. 
Yet, when Ronald needs to swap vehicles, his wife is hesitant because she feels that his car is too big for her. Now, the 2014 Ford Taurus was a was a a big slab sided version of the Taurus. There I watermark, some, benchmark, uh, easy there. There, there was some <laughs> stake in the ground. How, how do I say this? Tori, there was some Tori that were that were a little more rounded off. There was that one that was literally designed after a slipper. There was that one. It <laughs> was like the late eighties or nineties. But, 90s, the, sorry. but the, the the mid that, that area of Ford Taurus, the the late uh, the twenty tens and on, they still made an SHO. We have an old review of that car. But the thing is, it was the big slab sided feel. It feels like someone took the current Explorer and tried to make a sedan out of it. It's a big sedan. <laughs> yeah, it is. And she's saying, that's too big for me. The interesting part here is that he happens to be six foot four. She's five ten. So Ronald and his wife are they're, they're tall people, but she finds that Taurus, which while a big sedan is not a huge SUV, that's too big. Well, Ronald's wife mentioned that if he bought a smaller car, they could switch off. Yet in the same breath, she also said, get the car that you just want. Well, what that means is get the car you want, but understand that if you get one that I find too big, we're not swapping anytime soon. That's (laughs) That's, actually what's going on there, That's true. Well, Ron loves driving a big car. He drives by himself about 80% of the time, and having a big car, he loves that, especially since they already have an SUV, feels like a big car is no longer necessary. So he's enjoyed it, but he's going, there's a lot of reasons to have a smaller car. Yeah. Now, both he and his wife work from home. Ronald only travels out of town every other month, and when he does travel, he typically has coworkers or friends or family in the car with him. Sounds like you do take your car when you travel. Yeah, that's interesting. I I can't get the idea if it's uh, flights to somewhere and you rent a car while you're there or if you actually take your own car during your work It seems weird to me that you're doing work work travels in your own car, but maybe that is the case That's a possibility. I mean, you get the mileage reimbursement. For sure. Now, since it's just Ronald Ronald and his wife, anything is on the table. Yet he has many stipulations. Yeah, he says, I have some stipulations. And here comes the list. It's, it's, a, it's a definitive list, by the way. And it's also not, you know, I'm okay with these things. These are like, this is the list from Ronald. It's definitive. Uh-huh. At the top, no tinies. No tiny cars. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no Miatas, Minis, or GR86s. GR86 isn't tiny. Well, and, in comparison and, to and honestly, is. honestly, neither is the current Mini. No, I mean, the mini it's has small that. Because, as cars because go. Because the but. next thing he says is he wants it sized somewhere between a GTI and the big Kia sedan, the K900. Now, as far as interior space, driver space. Now, driver space only. Is a Mini that much different than a GTI? Now, the Mini has, it has the, 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 the history of being a small car, but the current Mini... It's and large. a current GTI, yeah. I would say those yeah. are equivalent in size. So I've got some bones to pick here, but okay, those are the, <laughs> those are two so far. He also says no trucks, no manuals, and no capes. Apparently, no capes, automatics only. So no manuals here. He will consider an SUV, but only if it's something special like a Porsche or a Jag or a Genesis, etc. No cars that he has to exit butt first or crawl on his hands to get out of. Okay, I would like to, like to state as the guy that owns the Lotus Elise. I was say, there's one on that list. Yeah, you Come don't. On. You don't. If you're exiting butt first, you've officially done it wrong. I'm just letting you know. Okay, and I don't have to crawl either. All right. Yeah, yeah. But I do understand what you're saying. No Fords. No Dodges. No Chryslers. Nor GM cars. He says maybe the CT5. So. You own a Ford None Taurus, but you want no American cars. Fine. And first on your list is no no Ford. I think that's interesting, too. Yeah, it is kind of funny. And also, no EVs. Okay. Parentheses, I'm not ready. I, it doesn't fit your life. I get it. Totally okay, fine. Also, something that is no more than five years old and would most likely have a lot of safety, technology, creature comforts, and entertainment features available. Okay. Ronald's budget is $50,000, and whatever we suggest, it will have to be sporty, Luxurious or some combination of both. Hmm. I have many choices. I do too. I've got a few good ones. Your travels, Ronald. Mm-hmm. You typically say you typically have coworkers, friends, or family in the car with you. And to move on from the Taurus, I feel like the next car that you get needs to be a bit of a conversation piece. Mm. I want you okay. to first of all, people will notice. Hey, Ronald got a new car. Let's take Ronald's car. And then once you're in there, you'll say, let me tell you the story about how Mm -hmm. I found it, how Mm -hmm. I bought it, Mm -hmm. the fact that I have it now. Let me play the episode where the guys debated my car (laughs) and you talk about it further from there. There's at least an hour of your drive gone right there. Kind of what I'm thinking. 
At the top of my list for 50 grand is a slightly used Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio. A Quadrifoglio. Uh, Whoa. Ever so like slightly. It. For 50? Yeah, you're right. Yes, all Pull day that long. off. I like it. Genesis G70 is, of course, on my list too. But then I really started thinking we've got to have a, a car. I don't want it to just be a, a giant four-door. And I thought of the Volvo S60. It's mm. it's bigger, but not too big. But it is dynamically interesting. It's it's such a different choice. Sure, sure. You know, it's people will ask you, Volvo, wh- why this? And you'll show them all the features. You'll pin their heads back in the seats. <laughs> if you get the performance one, the, you know, the... Uh, Full, full one that we had. Yes, was, uh, that has such the everything sleeper, on that motor. Yeah, You'll be surprised at how yeah. much that, that can take other people out. The BMW M2 is on my list. Mm, okay. For 50 grand, get the DCT, find an M2 competition, sure. DCT, and people will go, whoa, Ronald, what is this? <laughs> yes, let's go, get in. <laughs> my wild card started out to be a Porsche Panamera, but my super duper wild card is a Toyota Supra. Can you fit? Oh, interesting. Can you fit? Are okay. you a beanpole, six foot four? Are you wide, six foot four? Sure. We don't know. Yeah. But we mostly fit. <laughs> we fit. Okay. We fit because we want to fit. Let's put it that way. Sure, sure, sure. It we, has it has a surprisingly low door frame. That's the only surprise about that car. That's why it's the super duper sure. extra wild it. Yep. card. Yep, yep. Yeah, you might not be able to quite fit, but and and neither Todd and I. We find it to be tight. Yeah. It's a squeeze when we get in there, but we want to be in it. Sure. I see that. Yeah. And I just think, man, if you were rocking a Supra, just a GR Supra automatic, mm-hmm. people will get in with you and think, what planet is this? <laughs> what is going on, Ronald? It would be a great tour. It would be a great GT car, great mm-hmm. for road trips and a, a lot of fun. And Ronald, your wife will enjoy swapping vehicles with you. To the point where we're going to have to start shopping for her. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be another car debate because all I'm doing now is driving my wife's 2012 Infiniti FX35 because she won't give me my car back. That's what's happening next. Like I yeah. said, this entire lineup is based on style, something different. It will get your friends and family and coworkers talking. Mm-hmm. They're unique. They're f- all of these are interesting and fun to drive. Heck, even an Elantra N. Brand new. I wondered about that. Hopefully they've sorted out their DCT issues by now. You don't have to get the manual, but the fact that that car exists, that's not even close to 50 grand. True. Absolutely. Yeah. What if you entertain an Elantra N? Yeah. What a fun car to drive. Absolutely. I like All it. of those are unique, <laughs> uniquely styled Elantra N. Now that that was tactfully put <laughs> there too. Yeah. Sensual. The Julia Quadrifoglio. The mm-hmm. Genesis G70 is handsome. The BMW M2 is just sports car. Yes. And then what about a Supra? Supra, could you fit? I like your wild card. That's good. I've got a couple of things I want to walk through again, uh, Ronald, because you've talked about the difference between you and Andrea, your wife. And I do want to land again on this point that she wants you to have a smaller car so she can swap. That's point one. <laughs> you have liked big cars, but then you acknowledge all the reasons why there's really no reason for you to have a big car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place something revolutionary on the table, and that is Ronald. Don't get another big car. I, I, I know that sounds crazy. I know it sounds weird, but I'm just putting the pieces together here. Yeah. I, I, yeah. This this FX35 she's got, that's that's one of those middle ground cars between is it a car, is it an SUV? It's that kind of world, okay? Not a big SUV. You've got that in the family. So I understand the four-door sedan. I'm going to give you a couple options, but then I'm also going to go kind of off the reservation a little bit because I don't think you need a big four-door car. You don't, you don't really tell us any reasons why you have to have one. You say typically when you travel, you have coworkers, friends, or family in the car, but I, I, I'm unclear as to how that happens. When I hear travel for work, I hear go somewhere and rent a car. Yeah, And agreed. I also think that if you have these people in your car when you travel, it's because you said, let me drive. I get that vibe too. So my thinking is, don't be, don't be hung on to the fact that you travel every now and then and you have to be the one to drive. Let somebody else have the car that everybody gets to take. I'm just putting out ideas because I <laughs> want... else gets to drive. Exactly. Yeah. I want yeah, yeah. you and your wife to have an alternative car that is a new experience mm-hmm. that she actually wants to drive. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start here by saying the couple of things that you mentioned, Paul. First off, I had the normal Alpha Julie on because well below 50 grand. But sure. yeah, if you could pull off the Quadrifoglio, please... Please get a quadrifolio. You will love that car. That car is fantastic. Yes. The Genesis G70 is also very good. You know what what isn't on the will not buy one list is Alpha. So many people avoid Alpha 
And his I will not buy one of these lists does not include Alfa Romeo. So I think oh, lean true. into the Julia. That's true. He he talked about Ford, Dodge, Chrysler, GM. He talked oh, about doesn't all want the any American, American cars. car. But the Alfa Julia is on the table. So I, again, I'm saying Alfa Julia. The Genesis G70. You actually said the only SUV you would consider was Porsche, Jag, or possibly Genesis. I'm going to say G70 to you, which is the sedan. Mm-hmm. The GV70 yeah. is the SUV. Either of those are worthwhile. But yeah, the G- also good. Yeah, the G70 is excellent. It's smaller than your Taurus, but I would argue it's smaller than your Taurus and better in every way. Now, the backseat yeah. space won't be as good, but I think you'd really like that G70. I have a an almost four-door. I didn't hmm. go M2, but I went current as in brand new BMW M230. We had the 240, okay. which has the big super engine, yeah, yeah, which has got a lot of engine, but that one is, is uh, it's a starts to feel like a big car behind the wheel. The M two thirty has the smaller. It's it's the it's the four cylinder Supra, but more usable because it's two plus two. You're going to have more space in that car. That new wheelbase base is longer, and it gives the backseat passengers more space. So it is a genuine four seater. It, it feels like more space. Somebody was told us that the actual specs are that it actually is less than the last one, which I don't know how that's possible because the car feels much bigger it, in every it dimension. Feels much bigger, in but the anyway, cabin, yeah. The um, but the M two thirty is rear wheel drive, surprisingly roomy, smaller than your Taurus, eight speed auto. You would really like that car. I yeah, think. that's a good one. So you could go M two forty, but I think the M two thirty gets it done because I think it's a slightly smaller engine would get, would make it a little more interesting and. It was the kind of everything on it thing about the M240 that we were kind of like, this is a bit sterile. So I think the M230 might be a bit more playful. And the 230 keeps the price down. It does, absolutely. And then I have a wild card because you've essentially said, okay, maybe it's time for a smaller car. My answer there is yes. You want something that your wife would be willing to swap with, and you are a big guy. Mm -hmm. But you don't need a big car. So you should look very seriously at a used either Porsche, Cayman, or Boxster. You think so? Because every single time we've had uh, us or taller people than us on the pilgrimage, you know what they fit in? Porsche products. Yeah, that's true. The 911s or the Caymans, they just fit. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're 6'4", which is not exorbitantly taller than us. It's like an inch or so taller than we are. Your wife is tall as well. But now, the, uh, I'll give you a comparison. You guys would be much more comfortable in a Cayman or Boxster than you would in a Miata. You'd also be more comfortable, I think, in the cabin than you would be in the GR86. The two of you as tall people. Absolutely, yes. So I think, Riding together, you're saying. Yes, yeah, I yeah. think the Cayman or Boxster, drive one of these at least. Mm. Surprise yourself with the space that it has. You want an auto. So what's great about that is the used Boxsters and Caymans are cheaper when you want the auto. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. DCT is great. So I really think that is the car that you guys could surprise yourselves with and have a genuine fun car. You have your SUV and you have your fun car. The only problem here is I have a feeling that if you get the Boxster, maybe the Cayman, but definitely the Boxster. Ronald's going to be driving an Infiniti FX35. Yeah, Andrea may, may only right. drive that. Right. Yeah, exactly. We'll uh-huh. be holding their car debate. But I, I think it's time to break out, man. We all want to talk about the go-fast parts. We're thinking of putting on our vehicles. But what about the stop-fast parts? Brakes are an essential part of your vehicle's maintenance, and upgrading is better than just simply replacing. You can transform your vehicle into a stopping powerhouse with a PowerStop Brake Upgrade Kit that includes carbon ceramic brake pads, drilled and slotted rotors, and all the stainless steel hardware that you need to complete your upgrade. PowerStop is on a mission to provide a complete and affordable brake upgrade kit for pretty much every vehicle on the road. If you tow, they have that. Off-road, track days, they have all that as well. They even have kits for brand new vehicles like our Toyota GR86. Take care of your brakes and even improve them by heading to PowerStop.com and entering your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder that'll match you with the right brake kit for your vehicle. Henry is in Spokane, Washington. He's been a listener of the podcast since August of 2022, but he's been in, he's really been enjoying the car debates. Henry, thank you so much for writing. I really appreciate it. He's in college, and his home is in the Seattle area, but he needs his first car, his first college car. Since he doesn't have any personal car ownership history, what he's gotten to drive all belongs to his family. That's how that works, yep. He learned to drive on a year 2000 Chevy Tahoe. They sold okay. it about nine months after he got his license. He grew up in that car and still misses it. Okay. Has there been, I'm sure there have been people who are taken home from the hospital in that car and then they learn to drive in it. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess that's a Subaru commercial. That's every Subaru commercial right 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 there. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. Uh Well, since then he's mainly driven an 06 Nissan Frontier four liter V6 manual four by four. Of course. Yes. Along with a 2011 Acura TSX wagon. Those two are his dads. Okay. His mom drives a 2012 Toyota Highlander all wheel drive. 
He and his dad swap between the truck and the Acura. Well, his mom drives the mom car, he says. Yep, got it. He needs a car back at school, but and he says as soon as possible would be better. And his budget is a flexible $10,000 with a hard stop at fourteen. So your budget is $14,000. 14, got it. All right. Okay, excellent. Yep. Cheaper is better. Uh. Needs a manual. <laughs> yeah, okay. And he's Interesting. truly addicted right. to manuals. After driving the one in their frontier, and he'd also like to have a 4x4. Four four. Okay, so hang on. So far, we have a list that got difficult quick. Less than $14,000. Manual only, and all four wheels need to spin. Kind of got it right now. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. You've been driving a Frontier. Let me walk you over here to a Frontier. I mean, okay, moving on, yeah. (laughs) Well, he doesn't have a good space to store winter tires as much as he wants them. And he works in snow removal for his university in the winter. He doesn't want something bigger than a midsize pickup because of parking and fuel economy. Okay. So he's looking at mid-sized trucks like the Ranger, the Tacoma, the Frontier. Yeah, that makes sense. Smaller body on frame SUVs like the Forerunner Explorer and the Trooper. Trooper. The Isuzu Trooper. I'm going to come back. Wow. To that. I'm circling back to the Trooper later. Put no, a pin I'm in kidding. it. Yeah. He's looking at Legacies and Imprezas and Outbacks and Volvo S40s and Acura TLs. He would love something that drives more dynamically than the Frontier, but he also likes to be able to throw skis or mountain bikes in the bed and just go. Because he's an outdoor per- outdoorsy person. I like it. He's got his own yard work business. Well, he's had his own yard work business, and he likes to work with his hands. He says a truck makes sense. Mm -hmm. If he didn't have a budget, he'd be trying to decide between a manual TRD Pro Tacoma and a Golf R. Well, you do have a budget, so that that that, doesn't matter. That's good perspective, though. I do appreciate that, Henry, because you've just said, here here are the things that are like my poster cars that are realistic poster cars. That gives us a a perspective of your headspace, because so far in this email, I would have just said truck to truck to truck to truck. And then you said, oh, I'd like a Golf R. If it wasn't a Tacoma, how about a Golf R? That helped me, I have to say. Fair. Okay, interesting. There's lots of Subarus available. They're cheap. <laughs> 150 to 180,000 miles in this price range. Mm-hmm. But he says that's all I've been able to find. And he, I get the idea he really doesn't want to get a Subaru. Okay, maybe just, not. Just well, to, I, th- I think it's the mileage. I think that's what he's concerned about. The 150, uh, 180. Oh, fair, fair. Concern, but yeah. Well, Henry, I have a scenario Ooh. where we didn't go shopping for anything other than what you already own. Oh, interesting. That might be a first. Henry, I think you should buy the Frontier from your dad. Oh, okay. All right. Dad's now listening. Dad, <laughs> I think you should sell Henry the This is the, the part right here, Dad. This is the part. And Dad, I think you should also sell the Acura TSX wagon. As cool as that is and as rare as they are, I think by you selling Henry the Frontier, he'll have... He's used to the truck already. Mm-hmm. He may or may not be taking over the insurance, but insurance, Henry, at this step is Mm. a big deal for you. Mm -hmm. I don't see you getting a Golf R quite yet. Maybe not until after you graduate, get a first job, that kind of thing. But you've got the Frontier. You like it. You want 4x4. You're an outdoorsy kind of a guy. You've got the truck already. It just belongs to your dad. And it's a known commodity. It's a known commodity. You know the service. This is an opportunity for you to do your dad a favor, Henry. I'll take the truck <laughs> off your hands. You settle on a price, and I'll bet you it's under 10 or maybe right about 10. 2006, we don't know the mileage, but okay, call it 9 or 10. And then dad gets to go shopping because you sold that for 10. <laughs> Car debate sell incoming. sell the wagon for 10. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Add 20 to that, dad. And you go by yourself a new Hyundai Santa Cruz. I wondered if you'd go there. She started to put the pieces together. I wonder if you'd go Santa Cruz. I, I see it. Santa Cruz for dad. Yeah. And by the way, dad, you will also have to immediately start saving for your mom's next car. Because <laughs> she's still got the Highlander. Yeah. For, mm-hmm. That's circling back. You're right. Yep. But once you have your new Santa Cruz, dad and mom take a vacation in Las Vegas. They go to the Wynn in Las Vegas. Whoa, hang on. This is really quite a scenario. And Are they going to the F1 race? Drive. What's going on? Well, I don't know if they'll go to the F1 race. Okay, but anyway, still, onward. Yeah, sorry. Take a vacation somewhere. Got it. Put some break-in miles on the Santa Cruz. Go, I don't know, what you're, you're going to buy something <laughs> somewhere and put it in the bed and drive it back home. Go down the California coast. Go take a drive okay. and go exploring in your new... It's a fun-to-drive truck. They're it's going a, antiquing. It's a yeah, I got it. Yeah, okay. Antiquing right. or... I'm with you. With you. Just somewhere where they got inexplicably picked something up. I got it. Lighthouse yeah. sculptures. <laughs> That's what every home needs. California coast. Lighthouse sculptures. Yes. Watch our, watch our like West that. Coast trip. Do it in reverse. I do like this. Yeah. And that way, you're giving 
Henry, you're, you're putting him on his feet. You're mm-hmm. giving him a truck. Mm-hmm. You know the service history. Mm-hmm. It's a known commodity, and, and you know and love the truck. I don't know that this point in your life is where we say, you know, we're going to get you your dream car. I want you to have something that you like and know, and it fits your life right yeah, now. Yeah, I see that. I see that, yeah. Because you have the rest of your life mm-hmm. to go get all those fun cars, plus you'll be older, insurance costs, like I said. Hmm. And then dad gets all the bonus. He gets to shop. They get to the new Santa Cruz. And who doesn't win out of the situation? Because, well, mom's car will be coming, but still. Yeah, exactly. What, I, what I'm really wondering about is if Henry now is, is willing to actually share this podcast episode with his dad. <laughs> Maybe not. It's like, wait yeah. a minute, hang on. I, I wanted the car. No, that's, that's actually great, Paul. I think that is remarkably parentally astute of you. Why? Because, Thank you. Because of the insurance question, mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it. And you're right. I mean, the, the, one of the, the worst things about having that first car, and I went through this in college, is you're a long way from home. Mm-hmm. And something happens to the car. That's yeah. hard. Yeah. Now, if it's a car that is known, I inherited a Caprice Classic for this exact reason. <laughs> if it's a car that's known, there's fewer unknowns about what could go wrong. And if something does go wrong, you have all the service records and it's been in the family and everybody kind of knows what's happened with this car. Maybe it stays on your family family's insurance. There, Possibly, yeah. Which it's already mm-hmm. there. You've yeah. got a good price locked in. We're not upsetting the apple cart too sure, much. Sure, We're not sure. rocking the boat too much here. And that way... I, I just, I like your dad moving on from these this two. This is funny. All right. I like it. What I, what I really like about this, Henry, is one of the notes that I made here when I read your, your whole email is that you need a truck for truck things. You're one of the rare people who's given us a lot of reasons why a truck makes sense, mm-hmm. but you want something dynamic. Those two things don't have an equal sign, certainly not at 10 grand, okay? <laughs> no, no. But the car that I instantly thought of is I was like, well, if you want a dynamic truck, you get a Hyundai Santa Cruz, but it's out of the budget. And then Paul comes along and solves <laughs> it. Well, that was what I thought of. I was see, like, Henry will still be able to drive we that. We need and a Santa Cruz it. in this equation. Now, the only How downside funny. is dad is going to lose out on his manual, but the Santa Cruz is surprisingly great to drive. Also, Henry, have you considered all weather tires? Yes, so you don't point. want snow tires, you don't have a place to pour storm. What about all weather tires that can actually work all year round and actually have the triple peak snowflake thing on them? We're doing the Nokian WRG4s right now on our Cars of the Past series, which is wrapping up. But we actually have done all of the weather. Pick a weather. Yeah. All of the weather was experienced in those tires. It's, true. it's actually pretty good. So you should get tires like that. I do like this. Take the truck you know. I'm going to give you two other options, though. It's going to be hard to find. But you know, the non-Subaru you could get is the Saab 92X. Funny. I was actually looking today. There's only a couple of them for sale, but they're they're so unbelievably in your budget. You're going to have almost money left over. Because the, the <laughs> money thing is, left over. And here's the reason I bring it up, is because the Subaru wagons that you want, you're finding ones in your budget, and they're barely in your budget because they're known commodities. Nobody remembers the Saab 92X, unless you listen to this podcast. So they're all <laughs> cheaper. What kind of mileage were you finding on those cars? I was finding about 130, 150 on the couple okay. that I saw. Okay, it's listed. a little bit so less than the other Subies that he was finding. But they're also probably cheaper than the Subarus. And I think in most cases, except for the fact they had that, I was reminded when I was looking today, they have a, a black and white interior. And the white parchment, just guess what happens? It just gets dirty. There's just no way around it. You're going to be, you're going to have a whole line of Griot's products trying to solve that because it's just this parchment paper color. <laughs> that just gets dirty. It, sure, it'll solve yeah. it. But yeah, it's going to take some work. But the 92X is the one that doesn't hang on to value like the WRXs because people don't think of them. Mm-hmm. But I think the Saab 92X is a good option. I really like your stay with the Frontier. That's very cool because the problem is that so much of what you've talked about, Henry, is you need a small truck. Yeah. yeah. The dynamic element is the problem, which brings me to something odd. Remember I mentioned that I was going to circle back on the Trooper? Yes, yes. So I'm trying to remember the last time the word Isuzu has come up on this podcast. It's been a while. It's been a while. And the reason that it doesn't come up generally is because, okay, you're buying an old Isuzu. Where do you get parts for it? But if you're already eyeing that kind of thing, I'm going to go there. Trooper, when you could get a Via Cross? Come on, man. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? You could get a Via Cross. (laughs) I mean... You know, those have spiked in value. They have of, not. They've gone because way they, back they up. Have not. The good so, ones are hard to find. I'm just saying, I, you're trying to find an a old four by four manual transmission that is dynamic, and the Trooper is not dynamic. I don't know that the Via Cross is overly dynamic, but at least it's more interesting than the Trooper. <laughs> so I thought, if you're actually eyeing a Suzu's, oh 
here is where the Via Cross goes. So rarely do I get to recommend a Via Cross to some poor unsuspect. I mean, <laughs> like, some person that writes in. <laughs> exactly. So Never. Henry's writing in, and I'm just going to say Via Cross. Though honestly, Paul, I I kind of have to stop here and say I think you solved it best. Why? Thank you. I I just I like the keeping it in the family sort of thing, and I like that. Your dad would probably love that you have the frontier and it wouldn't quite leave his life. True. And then when you drive back home to visit the folks, guess what? You get time in a Santa Cruz. You do, which is really cool to drive. Because your dad's going to want to get all nostalgic and go drive his old frontier. (laughs) So you'll just swap and be happy again. You know, there's a larger story here, but Henry, I'm going to give you one, one little piece of advice from someone far older. Potentially older than your dad. I don't even know. The point here I'm making is if you wind up with dad's car... Don't get that car stolen while you're at college. Oh, right. Because it doesn't go over well. <laughs> I, a- I, had a, I had a Caprice of my dad's. Oh my gosh. We're talking about cars breaking. So I'll tell you the story real but quick. Caprices were her fi- when Caprices were favorite. everywhere. Yes. We had two Caprices, the one I had taken to college and the one that was his baby. Oh, my God. And I had a problem with my Caprice. So when I went home one weekend, I left my Caprice there with him for him to get it fixed. And I took his back. The baby. The baby. Oof. And promptly got it stolen. It was stolen from in front of my apartment. Why Why would somebody steal the Caprice? Is it because they were easy to steal? It was kids. Yeah. It was kids. And yeah. it had wire wheels on it, which mine did not. And the kids liked wire the look wheels. of it. It was two-tone with wire wheels. The kids liked the look of it. They cr- they cracked the back window. They pulled up, pulled up the lock. And they took it for a joyride until the cops chased them. And they literally went right into a pole and killed the car. Oh. And then, after Ugh. I had all of this news from the cops, I had to call my father. And his first question, you're going to laugh. I don't know if I've ever told you this. His first question was, did you have the club on it? Because he had bought the whole family. Remember the club? The quasi-protection system for the car? I hated that thing so much. So when I wasn't at home, I never put the club on the car. Why would I? I had one from the Caprice that I drove, but I never put it on the car because that's stupid. <laughs> The one weekend oh that gosh. I have his baby Caprice at college, and of course I don't put the club on the car, it got stolen, it got trashed, and his first question was, did you have the club on the car? And you said? No, I did not. <laughs> so that was how my father's favorite Caprice died. So all of this to say, Henry, and also hopefully to your dad, just don't get that car stolen. But I do think that right. you use getting the club. that is perfect. You, the, just that, put that the club really, on the steering wheel. That really is the answer, is just use the club. That's, that's good oh. consumer advice. On Facebook, Edo writes to us, with information that used Ghibli's are going for $35,000, <laughs> should these be considered a bargain now or hopeless? Second question, is it silly to compare a WRX to an Alpha Julian, all-wheel drive Julian? Similar power, four-wheel drive. Mm. One comes with a manual, and the other one is praised for driving qualities and is more luxurious. Not at all. I mean, if you think about stages of life, maybe the early part of your life is WRX, and then you want something similar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this actually handles better, but similar recipe, and you're kind of grown up, and you've got to put a suit and tie on, or whatever the metaphorical equivalent of that is. Totally. You go to work, yeah. You've got to put on a suit from the top up because you work from home. I right, understand. But 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 here, anchor. let's go back here for a second, you know, and that is that for years, the WRX has been discussed alongside the A4 for exactly this reason. Yeah, true. Okay, I'm, I don't really want a WRX. I want another all-wheel drive sedan of a similar style. Let me walk you over here to the A4. So the Julia is certainly an option. I would possibly argue that can't you get the G70 in all-wheel drive? Yeah. But the Alpha is much more interesting. But but this is the reality. I mean, once you get into these these all-wheel drive sedans of this size, certainly as the WRX has gotten bigger, the all-wheel drive well, the all-wheel drive Julia, the Julia period is a little larger than the WRX without question, but not massively so. Back to your first question, Ito, and that is about Ghibli's. Mm. I wondered I, if you'd I, go back. I hope you would. <clears throat> I'm yeah. a Maserati fan. You are now, yes. Do not buy yourself a Ghibli. <laughs> Do not buy one <laughs> for 35. Spite of what you've just said. <laughs> They're a bargain. They are. In comparison to how much those were new, they were 70 and north of that brand mm-hmm. new. So yeah. on one hand, they're half price. They are. 50% Yay. discount, everyone. Uh-huh. On the other hand, the Ghibli was, it never impressed me. I admit, I have not driven one. Okay. But I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> because 
I'll take any of the five series E classes, any mm-hmm. of those all day long. Other than I'll take a thirty year old E class before I take a Ghibli. This was not a car that won any of the comparisons it was ever in. I hate to say that. Yeah. Yeah. No surprise. Mm. There's better cars to shop with your thirty five thousand dollars, and yes, they're a bargain. I'm a I'm a big fan of Maserati. I even <laughs> kind of like the Grecale, even mm. though they're one hundred and two thousand dollars to start with. But uh-huh. the MC Twenty, that is my jam. Love that thing. We need to get our rear ends in that car. Yeah, we do. Drive that thing. Alec on Facebook says he's been watching our road trip films. Thank you for that. We hope you keep pass them on as well. He said, how do we feel about sleeping in a car on road trips or impromptu car camping instead of staying in a motel? He said, is this fun and cost savings or a gigantic mistake? He said his wife, he and his wife have done it before with mixed results. What does that mean? Well, they had sometimes when they were both like, that was a good idea. And sometimes when she was like, we're not doing this again. That's what I hear. That's what <laughs> exactly. I hear there. But anyway, so he said they've, they've had mixed experience with it. Uh, 2014 Mazda 6 with the rear seats folded down on a sleeping mat or a 2017 Honda Civic hatch worked out really well. What do we think? Alec, I think it really depends on the person you're traveling with Fair. and the kind of trip you want to take. Fair, yeah. Because if you really just want to do a, I want to experience this, then yeah, sleep in your car. Why not? If it's just, if it's like you, a couple of buddies, you just want to experience it. You don't you don't care. But I'll go back to our road trips. With the end of the day, we have we are very tired. We have been shooting and filming and talking all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want a really good meal and to be completely out of the car. Yeah. And we need to charge a bunch of gear, and I need to sit at a desk and dump a bunch of footage, which is going to take a couple hours at least. We need to go through footage. We need to look at the maps for the next day. We need space. I need power. I'd like a shower and a nice bed. Mm -hmm. This is the reason why it's never going to happen the other way. Or I've been married a while. My wife and car camping are not going to happen. Now, car camping for the purpose of camping, different conversation. But But you're still not in the car when you're car camping. We're going to road trip. And we're going to sleep yeah. in the car, well, then we're going to road trip tomorrow. Yeah. This is not happening in my world. And you know what? I, I, I had this conversation with a couple of buddies recently. You, okay. know, you know these guys. Okay, yeah, yeah. They came into town, and we got into a conversation. These are the guys I used to rock climb with, and we were out every weekend and that kind of stuff. And our lives have splintered. We've gone different places. We were hanging out together. We were doing outdoor stuff. And one of them got into this big – he's the excitable one. He got in this big conversation about, guys, we got to go back. we got to do like a, like a cross-country road trip. Oh, and we're gonna, my gosh. We're going to dirt bag it the whole way. We're going to sleep in the van. It's going to be awesome, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and so his conversation, we were all going to buy like kind of cheapy RVs or maybe go one on one together and do the whole thing. And I said, buddy, this is how I've been ruined by this show. <laughs> that money you're talking about, I will drive a fun car every single day and spend that money on the hotel at night and be much more happy at rested. And I will join you at all the climbing spots and the hiking spots. I'll drive the car anywhere. Yes. But I will sleep in a hotel and be very happy. <laughs> Seems like everybody has a sprinter van, a, a modded van, some variant thing, man. of a sprinter van. I don't know where they were handing them out. Clearly, I was sick the day they had the sign-up sheet. I don't know where the sign-up sheet was. Everybody in town has one. They're everywhere. Hashtag van life, bro. But you know what's funny about this? And I'm not the first one to coin this. I actually heard a a millennial comedian make fun of his own generation for this regard. You remember the Chris Farley skit, Van Down (laughs) by the River? The whole whole hook of the Van Down by the River was the fact that don't end up like me living in a van. Now we've fast-forwarded 20 years, and we have all these Instagram accounts where what you really want in life is to sell all your stuff and live in a van. (laughs) Isn't it funny that we've come full circle? And of course, all, by the way, I, I understand the reasons that the van thing is attractive. I also, because I know people with sprinters, understand the downsides. What is hysterical is the Instagram account would only show you that you'll ever be on an amazing beach with the most perfect person beside you, no one around for hundreds of miles so you can make coffee naked and look at the view. None of that's reality. Plus, But it happens for Instagram. The stank. Oh, yeah. Nobody talks about it. Nobody. There's nobody just. Talks it's about that. not possible that mm-hmm. the vans do not smell bad. Well, because it, it's the chemical toilet. This is my problem. Sorry, a whole separate it's rant. The toilet. This is my issue it's with RVs. Just dirty clothes. Yeah. Feet. But no. My, <laughs> my biggest issue with every RV on the planet, including the super <laughs> nice ones, is you know what? You can still smell the chemical toilet. I spent three million dollars on this. I can put my supercar underneath. You walk inside. Look at the marble inlay. You smell that chemical toilet. 
Matt Guerra82 on Instagram says, with the upcoming bans on new ICE vehicles only a decade or so ahead in many countries, what is the future of lightweight sports cars such as the MX-5 or GR86? Mm. It's very easy to hyperventilate and say, what's coming? These cars are going away. Get them while you can. Those bans are driven by politics, Mm -hmm. and our belief here is that the politics will change. There will be some walking back when reality dawns. We we believe that. There Mm -hmm. there will be some changes in the future. There's not going to be a hard and fast stop or switchover like everybody's talking about because of all the zillions of cars that currently exist. True, true. Cars last a while. We've touched on this before. Mm -hmm. You take care of them, they actually last, and they'll keep going, and it's... I, I don't have the fear. I, I really don't. Car companies are aware of this. Mm-hmm. CEOs need to make money. They need to still please their customer base, but they need to advance into the future. They need to take all the manufacturing materials and new tech into consideration yeah. Yeah, yeah. to build new products that are profitable, but they also know where their profit centers are too. Well, and we are dealing with, as we talked about before, massive infrastructure realities for everything going electric. I mean, I I think this is my pitch right now. This is my stake in the ground. What is this? This is January of 2023. This is my stake in the ground. I think the pivot that's going to happen is the the laws are going to say we are no longer going to allow new cars to be sold that are not electrified. Not electric. Which means hybrid. Electrified. And this is Mm. something Volvo is the first one to do this. Like We have an all-electrified fleet. That word electrified is key. We sell electric vehicles. We sell cars that actually have a gas-burning motor with some sort of electrification. Very often, it's a 48-volt hybrid system. This kind of thing is happening. I think this is where this stuff's really going to land. I don't think that, that gas-burning vehicles will no longer be sold in any of these places that are saying it becoming starting 2030. I think there's, yes. there's, just because of infrastructure, there's going to have to be a bend here. Hence but, the two-liter engine. Back to your question, what happens to lightweight sports cars? Matt, no matter what happens, even if I'm totally wrong and it's a hard stop, Mazda's not going to let that Miata die. The MX-5 is going to move on in some way, shape, or form, and they are the best candidate, I think, of any manufacturer, a little tiny Mazda, to sell a somewhat lightweight electric car. I don't know how they're going to do it because the battery technology is making it quite hard right now. But it's going to take a longer time frame than seven years from at this point. Mazda, I'm sure they're working on it already, but Mazda has done one thing that no other car maker has done, and that is over four generations of the Miata, it got bigger and then it got small again. No other car has done that. The Civic is the size of the Accord now. Okay. Yeah. A yeah. 1989 Miata and a 1989 Civic were roughly the same size. The Civic is now the size of the, the Accord, and the Miata is still kind of Miata sized. So Mazda is going <laughs> to try to figure it out. What's going to happen to the GR86? Toyota's going to have to totally rethink that. But I think the key thing coming here is electrified because weight and cost are big barriers, let alone the infrastructure, to an all electric fleet. Mitchell E. on Facebook says, is flat gray going to be the 90s teal of the era in cars? Hey. 90s teal. I totally had a 1992 Accord EX in the 90s teal. You had it. Perfect 90s. And it was the nicest one any of you listening have ever seen. (laughs) I used a lot of Griot's Garage products on that. It looked brand new. Had 183,000 miles on it when I sold it. Mm -hmm. Ran great. It was a manual. Talk about certified Paul owned. That was what we coined the term for was that car. Sold that thing for 2,500 bucks, man. That Downtown LA probably could have made money on it. But anyway, moving yeah. on. Is everyone 10 years from now going to see a flat gray car and roll their eyes at how dated it looks? Mm. Yeah, but those 90s Honda Accords in the teal are like, oh, I remember those. Sweet. <laughs> they're, they're the king of Radwood. What's yes. after Radwood? What do we call that? Cars well, from go- 2000 to 2020. What's that era called? That's true. Anyway, moving on. We're going to celebrate teal. Everybody's going to be like, teal is the best. <laughs> when you're at Radwood, teal is the best. It's, you leave the boundaries of yes. Radwood, not as cool anymore. But Greens I are coming back. Everybody looks green. <laughs> cars are sweet now. Well, flat gray, if you remember, was on Audis. That mm. seal gray yeah, fair from point. the first generation Audi TT, it's been mm. around a while. So yeah, no, yeah. I don't think that flat gray in and of itself is sort of the mark like, oh yeah, we went through that, that era because cars since then, it's been almost 30 years at mm-hmm, this point mm-hmm. that cars have been painted the, the flat colors, variants of that monochromatics kind of are, thing uh, off. Yeah, monochromatics are a little bit uh, eternal, sadly. Yeah. So 
everybody still likes gray. Gray cars really sell and variants of that yeah, will yeah. still be sold. So they'll, they'll be a hearkening back. That seal gray had a bluish tint to it. If mm-hmm. I recall, mm-hmm. uh, one of them did. And I still think it, it's a great looking color, not on every car. Mm. It depends on <laughs> your look you're going for and color. Oh, sorry. I, the grays, I'm not a big fan of mm-hmm. silver. Sure. Mm. Grays are they're gray, right? <laughs> It's People one of those, still buy them. You forgot to paint the car colors. Yeah, that's <laughs> what one of those quite is. that bad. Yeah. Occam on uh, Twitter is asking me about editing, is asking about editing in general. He's saying, when cutting or editing for TV, how do we, how do we overcome taking out scenes that we love and want to leave in, but time or flow doesn't allow it? Um, this, I'm going to steal a term from screenwriting that was called killing your children. This was a term that you had to uh, follow me. This okay. is a term you had to learn as a screenwriter, and that is very often the scene you love. It's just I have to keep this scene in because it's got this great moment, this great joke. But if you really look at the arc of the piece, that scene is this weird left turn just to go for the joke or the moment and then come back. And guess what? That has to go. You have to learn this. You have to learn that the stuff that you really like sometimes doesn't work for the larger piece. Now, you can go too far. I have been editing enough 15-second uh, commercials in my life to realize that things can always be shorter. So uh, when we have two cars, and also we've been doing the TV for a while, which is 22 minutes. Slashity hackity, that doesn't oh, go here. <laughs> exactly right. I am known as Edward Scissorhands in the Everyday Driver office yeah. because you send me a 40-minute cut, and I send it back at 25. <laughs> and the guys are like, where did you take out 15 minutes? And they watch it and go, yeah, it does work. So I, 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 yep. am, I am to a fault actually conditioned to that now. But it, but it really is about trying to stay in the focus of the topic at hand and try to not be repetitive. And that doesn't mean we always do it right. There's certainly some of our pieces I look back on and go, well, this should have been cut better than that. But, you know, we're moving fast, and hopefully we're cutting out only the, the stuff that we should. And this is some of the things we're going to do with shorts. We may have some stuff that ends up on the cutting room floor, and instead of ending up just on the cutting room floor and then forgotten, you, you may see it as a short. Joe F. on Facebook says, how do we do license plates for filming? He sees it often. It's a Utah test drive plate. Have we encountered difficult law enforcement by not having the real plate showing when driving? <laughs> law enforcement isn't the problem. Anyway, it's Can the, I tell my joke? It's the random guys. Sure, tell I, me. I always tell this tell joke, joke because yes. it's, it's when a we great have joke. two cars, mm-hmm. they're hot sports cars. This actually happened. It was the it's GR86, happened a few times. GT86 and a yellow Supra. We're going, yeah, these cars are together and you know, brand new cars. And somebody cups, comes up and points out the two identical license plates and says, how did that happen? Really? That was your takeaway? Spaceships you haven't even seen Yellow yet. Yellow Supra. Hello. <laughs> the thing you noticed outside the restaurant is it has the same license plate as that other car. That's not right. <laughs> so my joke is I make fake license plates so I can get arrested, go to jail, and make real ones. It's funny. <laughs> but we did that because we wanted to brand the show and mm-hmm. we do that for our larger comparisons. Mm-hmm. If we made a license plate with just the logo, that actually attracts more attention that hey, that's not a real plate. You don't have a plate on the car. Yeah. Then actually kind of yeah. copying it, but at this point there haven't been any major incidents. It's also it because where we go when we shoot is in the middle of nowhere. Yes. For uh, for all the reasons we want to shoot in the middle of nowhere and yes. that's when the plates are on. And we don't, we take them off to go back into the real world, back mm-hmm. into public and, you know, park the vehicles at night. But it protects, if we've borrowed a private vehicle from an owner, yeah, true. it protects their license plate identity, even though most people, you don't, you don't know who it's it is It's actually anyway. not a big deal, but it's there's... not the biggest yeah. deal, but we protect mm-hmm. the plate yep. and it brands the show. And it's just a little Easter egg. So when you see a license plate on a larger car comparison mm-hmm. from a particular state, then you'll know that's the state in which the comparison was filmed. Yeah, the plates change location based on our location. Yeah. That is something that when Paul said he wanted to do that, I was like, you've lost your mind. And now I'm like, yeah, I, that's really cool. I've kind of lost my mind. I feel like I'm breaking the law. Well, but but t- if, if it were to be explained, I'd be happy to change it back at the officer request. Yeah. I, absolutely. And my explanation would be like, I'm not trying to cheat it's anybody. It's picture plates, yeah. It's picture plates. It's just for purposes of camera. And that's it. Yeah. And we take them back off and... We're, we're always hyper aware of this. And a, a lot, a lot of productions use picture plates. We just happen to use one that looks like license plates because we think that's part of the fun. So, well, yeah. And by seeing it, you, you've, you don't glance at, you don't see it at first glance. Yeah. You don't look at the car the logo, and you don't well, instantly yeah. notice. That's the other part is, is it's kind I'm of not there trying if you to, know where to look. Yeah. It's deliberate, but I'm not trying to put one over on people. It's, it's deliberate, but it's not malicious. I get your yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. 
Luke Summers asking how we would spec a C806 if we were to order one. What colors stand out to you guys? Luke, thank you for the question because I went to the configurator and I did spec out you one. You got lost for a while, didn't you? It is the 3LZ. It is rapid blue with bronze wheels and the natural interior. Of and course I you got bronze wheels. loaded it out. Of course. Oh, it how much so did that cost? My MSRP at this point is $154,965. Oh, no. That's a I, lot of money. You know, I loaded on the carbon, and that does not even include the carbon wheels. So I could probably push that up to about 170. What, but what carbon stuff did you put on? I always feel like that's a waste of cash. I did the wing and the front splitter. Oh, I did the roof too and the mirror caps. But the front splitter, you're going to destroy in a fir- I don't care if it's got a nose lift. You want? You don't want a carbon splitter. Yeah, but you I need I the just rubber splitter. It. I know. I just wanted it. <laughs> that is what happens. It doesn't I take that make point. sense. Yep. It's dumb. Yep. I want it. <laughs> So I put it on. So yeah, with the carbon wheels. But see, I don't like black wheels. Yeah, and I did the bronze wheels instead. Of course, so if you I did. do yeah. the carbon wheels, cool. But then we're but at that's not how you so would spec it. I saved money on my you Z06 did. Look spec. Look at you, only 155. That's cheaper than the one that Car and Driver and many other magazines drove because those were all like 160 or something. So look at you, the Save you the bargain hunter of the day. <laughs> Man, have I bargain Z06. <laughs> Just a quick reminder that that uh, AMG G63 versus the Cadillac Escalade is on our main YouTube channel. We still have, we're actually going to ramp back up to weekly pieces on our Test Drive Videos YouTube channel, so we'd love to have you watch in both of those places. We will keep doing the Test Drive Audio right here on the podcast. That'll be our Wednesday podcast. will be Test Drive Audio, audio pulled directly from those Test Drive reviews. If you can't watch them, you want to hear them, you can do that here. And we have the adventures coming soon. But I I have to beat the drum for one other thing. And that is the South Trip. Oh, yeah. That is in edit. It's coming. It's about a month or so away. And I'm really excited to share it. That will be the the closing piece of our cars of the past. So my 300ZX and Paul's 928. We went all the way to Texas. We went all the way. Coda was was our goal. Circuit of the Americas in Austin, which is a really fun trip. So that is coming. Thank you for watching the pieces so far. We hope you've seen the North Trip because everybody that watches it, honestly, the comments on that have kind of shocked me. People love that piece, and I'm thrilled because we had a great time making it. So more road trips are coming. You are all cordially invited to write to us with your car debates, your Topic Tuesdays and car conclusions. We love hearing from you guys, and I know you're shopping. I know you're thinking of what's next. We'd love to help you debate. Write to us, and if you're just... Seeing a car, thinking of us, send us a note on social media or send us an email. We, uh, again, we, we like hearing and, and uh, feeling like we're part of your lives too. For sure, yeah. Looking forward to next time. As always, cheers, everyone. <laughs>